Welcome to the podcast for Church of the Nazarene. We invite you to subscribe to this podcast for the latest updates and new episodes. You can also search for our podcast on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcast, and tune in. Make sure to join us each Sunday at 9 on Facebook Live. Our in-person service times are 9 and 10.30 a.m. in English and 11.45 in Spanish. Also, Celebrate Recovery meets each Monday night at 6.30. As it's already been said, happy Mother's Day. And sometimes on a day like today, I like to begin with a really embarrassing story about my mom. Because uh, she's not here. My mom uh, lives in Richmond, and she watches on listens online sometimes. Sometimes I do that just to know if she's listening. It'll be like several weeks later. She's like, hey, thanks for telling about the story where I lit my hair on fire. Thanks for that. You know, but uh, I won't say that today. But what I will say is the older I get, uh, you, you know, they say the older you get, the more like your parents you become. And some of you, that's like a scary realization. You look in the mirror or you say that thing and you're like, oh, that's fine. So all I'll say is the older I get, the more like my mama I, I know that I become. And so uh, I, while I will say there's some scary moments about that today, I'll say uh, that I love you, mom, and I'm grateful to become a little bit more like you uh, every day. So happy Mother's Day. Uh, welcome back. Welcome back to our series. Uh, our series called Psalms for Now. And here's what we're doing over these couple weeks together. We're diving into some ancient text, these ancient words in the book of Psalms, and, and we're realizing, we're unearthing the truth that these ancient words have for us right now, today. Um, I used to live my life with one goal in mind, one goal in mind, <laughs> avoid the tension, avoid the tension. Seriously, I would live at my, my entire life just trying to, however I could, avoid conflict or avoid anything in my life that would cause disruption or tension. Some of you know that, some of you understand that very, very well, but seriously, that's what I would do. Uh, if there was tension, I didn't want to talk about it. I certainly wanted, didn't want to do anything to make it worse. Just, just avoid it at all costs. But there's, there's a problem with living that way, isn't there? Actually, several. <laughs> the first is that uh, while you might live your life to try to avoid the tension, it actually makes it worse. It actually makes it worse. Because while you might think, while you might think, oh, I'm just going to avoid it and things will get better, what happens is that tension builds and it builds and it builds to a point where it explodes often in your lives. And so by trying to avoid it, you actually create more tension. But the second reason, at least, the second reason that's bad to live that way is because tension is actually necessary. It's actually necessary in our lives. Consider, think about today, Think about today your relationships, the relationships in your life. I would dare say to you today, the most important relationships in your life are not relationships where you've avoided the tension, right? Now, now you don't seek it out, maybe. I'm not encouraging that. But, but I'm saying in those relationships that are most important to you, you've learned, you've learned not to avoid the tension, but, but to deal with it, to wrestle with that tension. Why? Because relationships are complex, aren't they? They're complex, but they're important. And the foundation of any healthy relationship is acknowledging there will be tension. But in dealing with that, that's how, that's how a relationship can grow. In our most important relationships, tension is actually necessary. Why do I say that today? Because today's psalm that we're going to read, today's psalm it has both an incredible truth and an obvious tension that we cannot ignore. Both are necessary today. 
And I love that. I love opening the word of God and unearthing truth. There's truth in God's word, and I love that. I love digging and understanding what does this truth mean, but, but sometimes in God's word there's, there's tension, and we can't ignore it. We can't pretend like it's not there, and in fact, I, I believe both the truth and the tension today can help you. It can help you. So with that, let's turn uh, today to Psalm 91. Would you turn there? If you have uh, your, your copy of Scripture, just literally turn there today. You might not be like a turn-in-the-Bible kind of person, but today I just think for these weeks, it's so good that we're on the same uh, copy or the same page of Scripture. If you have your Bible app, open it there. We have an event set up. would love for you to just join us as we read these words together. Uh, here's what we know about Psalm uh, 91. Unlike last week, Psalm 51, we know a lot of the context, a lot of the background. We don't, scholars tend to disagree a little bit about some of the specific background of Psalm 91, but this is what we do know. This is one of the most well-known Psalms in the Bible. And what we do know is that this is a praise anthem. Remember, remember last week we said uh, this book of the Bible, Psalms, originally in Hebrew, it would have been translated praise songs, praise songs. So what we're about to read is a praise song, a praise anthem, and I believe it'll speak powerful truths to our heart. Uh, throughout this series, I've invited some different people to come and offer another voice as we read Scripture today. So my friend, uh, Felicidad, is coming. She's an incredible pastor and leader in our Esperanza Viva campus that meets right here in the building at 1145 each week. She's an incredible leader in our church. So I've invited her to come. Thanks for being here to read Psalm 91. So church family, let's do something we did last week. It didn't hurt us. It didn't kill us. Let's stand today for the reading of God's Word. Uh, I believe these words that we're going to read are powerful truth for us today. Uh, so let's read uh, the word of the Lord together as Felicidad reads us Psalm 91. Amen. Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. You will not fear the terror of night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, nor the plague that destroys at midday. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes and see the punishment of the wicked. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the Most High your dwelling, no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your tent, for he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the cobra. You will trample the great lion and the serpent. Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him. For he acknowledged me, my name. He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. 
I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. This is the word of the Lord for us today. Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, my friend. (laughs) My sister, thank you for reading the word for us today. If Psalm 91 asks a question, I believe the question is this. Who will protect me? Who will protect me? Who will look out for me? Where can I go when I need protection, even in the face of danger? If Psalm 91 asks a question, I think it's that. And today, as I've already said, as we dive into Psalm 91, we're going to look at a truth and a tension. A truth and a tension. Both are critical, I believe, and both are powerful. Not just because these are ancient words, but these are truth for today. So let's begin with the truth. What is the powerful truth of Psalm 91? The truth is this. God offers you protection. You you can't read Psalm 91 without understanding the truth of this. Psalm is that God offers you protection. In fact, look, not just in Psalm 91, but throughout throughout these uh, lyrical texts, the Psalms that we have in our Bible, a constant theme throughout the Psalms is, is this protection. Listen, just just some of the words throughout the Psalms that God is described as a fortress, a strong tower, a rock, a hiding place. This theme is prevalent throughout, but, but look here in Psalm 91, just the words in this Psalm alone, a shelter, a shadow, a refuge, a cover, a shield. We understand quickly this Psalm is about protection in the shadow of his wings. But let's understand a little bit more of this promise. We're going to look at just the bookends of this psalm. Uh, Felicia did such a great job reading the entire psalm for us. But look with me at just the very beginning and just at the very end because I just want to dive in a little bit more to this truth that God offers us protection. Look with me again. We'll have it here on the screen. Look at how the psalm begins. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. This psalm begins with some very intentional language, and I just want to highlight it kind of one by one by one. Uh, Go to the next slide for me. I want to look at this first word, dwells, because it's intentional, right? This is a word of intentionality. This is a word that signifies relationship, doesn't it? That the relationship between us, the ones needing protected, and God, the one who offers protection, is a relationship of intimacy, of dwelling, of abiding in his presence. Not some haphazard, like I wave at you, hey, you're a vending machine, I put in the right button, you offer me protection. No, 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 there's, there's some intimacy here. There's some familiarity and that's what it means to dwell. But, but then what? Dwell in the next, in the shelter. In the shelter. Again, this word is intentional. In, in his presence. We dwell in relationship with the God who created us and who loves us. This is the image that we begin Psalm 91 with. Next it says what? Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest. I love this word. I love this word. I'm not good at this word, but I love this word. Uh, what would it mean to have true rest? Most of us, we only have restlessness, right? We don't have rest. We have restlessness. But this is the promise of Psalm 91 that when we can dwell, we can have an intimate relationship dwelling in the shelter of the Most High God. We experience rest, real rest. What a promise that is. But finally, what does it say? We rest in what? The shadow. We are, we are so close. 
Our relationship to the living God is so close that literally we're resting in his shadow. Now, he's a big God, and he might cast a big shadow, but that's the picture. That's the image that we get here, that we're dwelling so close to him. We're abiding and walking so intimately with him that literally we're resting in his shadow. We're never far away. He's never far from us. That's the beautiful picture. We don't have to rest today with one eye open, worried about danger as we sometimes do. Some of you rest at night or during the, a little sound and you're awakened suddenly. That's not the rest that is offered here. It's, it's resting in the shadow of the Almighty. No rest is like that. This is the picture. But then look now at verse 2. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and fortress. Again, that's the language of this protection, right? This powerful imagery. But, But then look, he is my refuge and fortress, my God in whom I trust. I trust. We see a refuge and fortress. I love that. But then I really want to focus on this word here at the end, trust. It's critical. It's important. This isn't a word that's just kind of thrown on the page. This praise anthem begins blanketed in this idea of trust. Notice, notice again, that this uh, picture of protection is first in the context, what is verse 1? Context of a relationship. A relationship. This happens in relationship. As we are, have intimacy with God, as we dwell in his presence, as we rest in his shadow. But next, as verse 1 shows us uh, a relationship of connection, of nearness, of intimacy, verse 2 shows a relationship of trust. It's as if the psalmist is saying this, no matter what is happening around me, I trust you and I trust in your protection of me. Now, Look at the end. We look at first two verses of the psalm. Look with me at the end. At verse 14, it says this, Because he loves me, says the Lord. Stop right there, verse 14. Because he loves me, says the Lord. Now, now the psalmist is writing, but now it's the Lord declaring something. This is the Lord speaking. And the Lord's declaring something really important. Because he loves me. Because this one right here loves me. Not this haphazard like, yeah, I love you God. I'm doing right. No, no, no. That, that word, it means something. There's relationship there. This love is something that alters our, our, our direction and our purpose. It reorders our life. What did Jesus say was the greatest commandment to love the Lord your God with all? And here in Psalm 91, the Lord is saying, because he, because she, because that one over there loves me. And what is the promise in response to a love like that? I will rescue him. I will protect him. He acknowledges my name. uh, He will call on me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy, show him my salvation. What a promise. What a promise. Maybe you can think of a time in your life where God protected you. Here's the reality that I've learned in my life. Often in the moment, we don't see it. We can rest in this promise today, the protection of God right, right now. Do you receive that? Right now, do you accept that promise God offers you? Those that are in relationship, those that love him deeply, those that trust him more than anything, he offers you protection. But now, now what did I say? We're going to deal with a truth and a tension. A truth and a tension. And so now, 
Now, with the truth, I think there comes incredible tension, but I think the truth helps us with the tension. What is the tension of Psalm 91? Am I the only one who reads Psalm 91 and asks this, but what about those who don't appear protected? What, what, about, what about believers around the world right now that are martyred for their faith? What about people that, that love Jesus passionately, that trust him, but, but today they're dying because they don't have access to clean drinking water or basic needs? What about faithful believers in Christ who die every day because of sickness? We, we've lost, even in this last week in our church, three or four of dear friends of ours. What do we say to that? How can Psalm 91 be true if it only appears to be true some of the time? I'm not the only one that reads Psalm 91 and struggles with this tension, right? We cannot ignore the tension. As I read, as I sat down to begin studying for this week, I began to read that and my tendency was like, let's just talk about the truth and ignore the tension. But, but I believe today we, we can't do that. We must be faithful to the text. And the reason we can't ignore the tension is because the enemy wants to use this tension in your life. Here's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to use the tension of Psalm 91, and he wants you to think differently. The enemy wants to cause you to think differently about God, your protector. And how do I know that? The reason I know that is because that's what he did to Jesus. The enemy used the same tension in Jesus's life. The story, you might be familiar with it, it's in Luke chapter 4. Jesus is in the wilderness, and he's in the wilderness, uh, and he's being tempted by the enemy. Three separate times the enemy comes. Uh, Jesus is fasting and praying in the wilderness and preparing for his public ministry, and the enemy shows up, and not once, not twice, three times he shows up to tempt him. In the third time, as he comes to tempt Jesus, he quotes scripture. Now, this should wake us up, church. The enemy of your soul, quoting scripture. And what scripture is it that he quotes to Jesus? Psalm 91. It's, it's Psalm 91. In verses 10 and 11, this is the enemy coming to Jesus. And what does he say? He says, oh, Jesus, Psalm 91 says this. He will command his angels to guard you. They will lift you up in their hands so that you will not strike your foot against a stone. Why does the enemy quote these verses? What is it that he's trying to tempt Jesus He's saying this, God will protect you. Now prove it. Jesus, you believe in Psalm 91, right? Prove it. You don't have to go to the cross. You don't have to go to the cross, right? Don't, don't choose a path of suffering. God's your protector, right? You see the tension there? The enemy, the enemy of our souls, is coming to Jesus. And he's using this tension against him. I thought God protects you, Jesus, right? Why would a loving God, Jesus, why would a loving God, a God that protects you, allow you to suffer, allow you to go to the cross? In our lives, it might sound something like this. I thought, I thought God was going to protect you. Now look what's happening. I thought you're a Christian, right? Don't you love Jesus? Don't you trust him? But now something bad's happening to you. Trouble at work, I thought he was going to protect you. Your bank account, struggling financially, I thought he was going to protect you. The bad report at the doctor, well, I thought God was going to protect you. Isn't that what the enemy does? Isn't that the tension that, that deep within us? 
And so what happens, we feel that tension, we wrestle, and now the enemy of our soul comes in, and he wants to change our mindset, and he wants us to think, oh, what's wrong with me? Something bad's happened in my life. What's wrong with me? Doesn't God love me? Is my faith, maybe my faith is too weak, and that's why this is happening. Wait, wait, is God's word really true? Because I believed it wasn't, and now why is this happening to me? Do you see how quickly this tension can unravel? And some of us today in the room online, some of us acknowledge this tension deep within our own hearts, the struggle. But here's, here's some truth. I actually believe the answer to this tension can be found within the life and ministry of Jesus. Just as the enemy presents this tension before Jesus, I actually believe within the life and ministry of Jesus, we find, we find good traction in wrestling with this tension. Uh, in Luke chapter 21, it'll be on the screen behind me, but Jesus is doing something. He's preparing his disciples. Luke, uh, the, the beginning, we talked about the temptation of Jesus. That's the beginning of Jesus's ministry, Luke 4, but now this is towards the end of his ministry. He's preparing his disciples for what's coming next. And what's coming next is Jesus is going to go to the cross. He's going to suffer and die and be raised again. But, but then he's going to ascend to heaven. And then, and then the believers, the disciples, are going to be commissioned. So he's preparing them for this. And he's painting a picture. And i got to be honest with you, it's not a real exciting picture that he's painting for his believers, for, for the disciples there. Look at with me just these three quick verses. Luke 21, verse 16. Jesus is saying this. These are his disciples. These are people that love him that trust him with their lives. This is what Jesus says. You will be betrayed, even by parents, by brothers and sisters, by relatives and friends. They will put some of you to death. Everyone will hate you because of me. Now talk about a truth from scripture that we don't like to claim over our lives, right? Nobody puts that on their fridge, right? Jesus said, everyone will hate you. Praise the Lord, right? We read this and there's tension here, isn't there? There's tension here. This sounds like the opposite of Psalm 91, doesn't it? How can the same God, how can this be the word of God if Psalm 91 is true and that Jesus is saying this, but keep reading with me. Look at what it says. He says, everyone will hate you because of me. Some of you will die, some of you will perish. But then, verse 18, not, not, the hair of your head will perish. Stand firm and you will win life. Wait, wait, wait. Jesus, not a hair on my head. It's hard to say for me. Not a hair on my head will perish. But, but wait, wait, you said we're going to be betrayed. You said some of us will die. You said everyone's going to hate, but, but, but now you're saying not a hair on my head will perish. What? How, how is that possible? Jesus is speaking of a much bigger context here. When he says you will win life, you know what he's not talking about? He's not talking about the next great promotion and the next you know, getting the best and greatest house and the car and all the accolades and being the best athlete. And that's not the kind of life Jesus is talking about here. He's talking about a much bigger context. What does it say in Psalm 91? Because he loves me, says the Lord, I will rescue him. I will protect him for he acknowledges my name because you love him. Listen, when we pursue a relationship with him, when we trust him, when we love him in a way more than anything else in our lives, we will win life. That's what Jesus said. You will win life. Uh, other translations say it this way. You will win your soul. <laughs> in other words, you will find deep, rich meaning what matters most in your life. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest, will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. 
I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. When we are in that kind of a relationship with the God of the universe, guess what? We don't have to be afraid. I love this song that we sang just a few minutes ago, and I know it's kind of new, and some of you are like, get sweaty when a new song's sung. It'd be okay. Listen to this truth, though. This is good. This is good. I will speak to my fear. I will preach to my doubt. You were faithful then. You'll be faithful now. Listen to that truth today. Listen to that truth in the tension of Psalm 91, in the tension where we rest in the promise of his protection, but, but sometimes we get a little scared, don't we? Sometimes we look around in our world and we say, but, but, but what, what about? What about if this happens? What about this? God, God, I'm staring at the face of these circumstances and I don't feel protected, but we can speak to my fear and I can preach to my doubt that you were faithful then and you'll be faithful now. Because when we're in this kind of a relationship where we love and trust the God of the universe, we don't have to be afraid. We can trust that he is in control. We can sing Psalm 91, right? It's an anthem of praise. We can sing it from the depths of our soul. He can deliver us from any danger in our lives, no matter what we trust him. No matter what we trust him. How does Psalm 91 conclude? Again, it says this. Verse 15, he will call on me, I will answer him, I will be with him in trouble. Look at that again with me, it's really important. I will be with him in trouble. Deliver him and honor him with long life, I will satisfy and show my salvation. Even in Psalm 91, look, there's a promise, there's a promise that we will experience trouble. That's what Psalmist says, I will be with him in trouble. When you are in trouble, I'll be with you. So even there, in this great promise of his protection, there's still a certainty that we will experience trouble. But the proclamation of Psalm 91 goes something like this. I've been working it over in my brain. It goes like this. This is the proclamation of Psalm 91. Not only, not only I will protect you from all trouble, I will protect you in all trouble. The God who loves you, the God who longs for you to dwell, dwell in his shadow, to rest in his shadow, to love him and trust him intimately. This is the proclamation that he will protect you from all trouble, but he will also protect you in all trouble. What's the trouble today? What's your trouble? Your father, your heavenly father stands guard over you. So so how do we respond to this tension? How do we respond to this tension? We don't explain it away. We don't ignore it. But how do I explain the protection of God in a world where sickness and heartache and disappointment are realities? Can I just be really, really honest with you today? I, I don't always know the answer to that question. I don't know. Remember old me? I, I, love to, I love to get rid of tension. I don't know how to take this tension and wrap it up with a neat bow on top and make it go away. It, it is a tension. But do you know what else I don't always know, church? I don't always know the times that God is protecting me and I'm not aware. I don't know. I don't know that the way that God is working in circumstances even now that is way beyond what I can see and understand. And while I don't always know how to resolve this tension, I also don't know all the times that God has showed up in my life. 
All the times even now God is showing up in your life, offering you protection you're not even aware of. While you were sleeping, your heart kept beating. Air came in and out of your lungs. He was sustaining and protecting you. You didn't even know it. You know what else I don't always know? I don't always even realize the times that God protects me from myself. What about the things I prayed for and God didn't give me, and now I look back and say, wow, God was protecting me, wasn't he? What about all the things I longed for and chased after God didn't let me have? And now I can look back and say, wow, God, I think that was your protection, wasn't it? I didn't get into that college, but now look at what happened. I didn't get that job, but now look at what, I was disappointed by that heartbreak, but now what, look, all the times in my life I can look now and see how God protected me. What do we do with this tension? I think it comes down to this. Even when I have doubts, even when it doesn't always make sense, even when I'm afraid, we choose to trust. We choose to trust. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. One more thing, one picture I want to leave for you today. It's actually right here in the psalm, but it's right there in the life of Jesus too. It's a picture of a, of a mother. Isn't that a beautiful thing for today, right? It's a picture of a mother, of a mother hen, of a mother hen wrapping her wings around her little chicks, surrounding them, right? It's there in Psalm 91. You see it, but it's also there in the life of Jesus. The scripture says he stands and looks over Jerusalem and he says how I long to gather you under my wings like a mother hen gathers her chicks. This is Jesus. And why is this the lasting visual I want you to have today? Because there's one more thing we shouldn't miss. It's not just, it's not just a mother as, as a mother hen wraps her wings around her young. That's not just protection, Protection from the elements, protection from danger. You know what else that mother is doing in that moment? She's the substitute. When the danger should come on the chicks, the danger comes on the mother, right? When the sun or the elements should cause danger to the chicks, instead it causes danger to the mom. She becomes the substitute. Whatever should be harming the little ones is now harming her. Whatever danger they should be experiencing, the mother is experiencing. She has become the substitute. And do you know the truth of Psalm 91 that we get to read? We get to read Psalm 91 on the other side of the cross. And the other side of the cross says that Jesus became our substitute. Jesus became our substitute. The ultimate, the ultimate pain, the ultimate danger was the danger of sin and Jesus came and he drew us close he wrapped his wings around us and though we deserved death and though we deserve the punishment for our sin he became the substitute for us and so if Jesus protected us from that if Jesus became the substitute from what is the worst thing the worst of the worst is death and if Jesus became the substitute for that today we can trust him no matter what we face because he he was our substitute when worse came to worse when it was the lowest pot he, he became our substitute so today we can trust him we can trust his protection no matter what we face would you bow your heads with me? The band is going to come. And I want to pray for you today.
Lord, today we want to trust you. I say that because I think that's the first step. Some of us, we're not sure if we trust you yet, but today we long to trust you because you, you offer us protection today. And how do we know that? We know that because Jesus, because now we get to see, now we understand that the cross was coming and now we get to see that, that Jesus became the substitute for the greatest fear, the greatest pain, the greatest uncertainty in our life, our eternal destiny, our soul. He became the substitute. And so now there is nothing in this life that we need to fear because he, like the mother hen wrapping wings around its chicks, Lord, would we experience the comfort, the protection, the peace. Even when we are in trouble, even when we are in danger, Lord, we, we trust today in your protection for us. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for listening today. You can email us at info at cotnaz.org for any questions about our church. When you're done listening, please subscribe to this channel for the latest updates and new episodes.